Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with very special guest in studio. Tevin Pittman. God. And Andy Bernard. Oh, he's doing the double pump. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. There's no question about it. Andy's back. Uh, Catherine and Alex will not be in because I don't know why mom's not going to be in, but I know Alex has to pick her kids up because they're closing the schools because of the weather. Yes, they are. So we can just schmooze. We have great guests coming up, though, at 1045. Debbie Boone. Um... The new cover of Snow, yes, that song they uh, sang on the train in White Christmas. <clears throat> but we've talked to Debbie Boone before. She's very, very pleasant. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Snow. No, that's not Let It Snow. No, it's that's, snow. um, I don't remember the lyrics really, but snow, I know it goes, snow. snow is like what they say in it. <laughs> that's it? They just go, snow. The only word I remember is the word snow. Snow. Melissa probably, if she's listening, she knows what I'm talking about. Well, she's not listening yet, probably. Ten, ten minutes early. She's not going to be on until 1045, but. No, Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Oh, yeah, she probably is listening in. But, yeah, Debbie Boone's a very pleasant person, so that'll be nice to have her on. So, Tevin, all I hear from the Walzer group is what a wonderful human you are. I don't know who you've been talking to then. That, no, I've, I do all right over there. You, you do all right <laughs> do over all there. I do all right. It's, it's, been a, it's been a fun experience. Yesterday sucked because it was freezing and you spend all this time going outside. and Yeah, going to the cars. Yeah. The yeah. People, people will come in. I'm like, let me tell you about your car. From inside, and then we'll yeah. go look at it outside. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Let's no. not wander the lot. No. What do you say? Yeah, that'd be a little hard to take wandering the lot when it's six below zero. Yep. I would not care for that. Have you guys heard about Stanford's list? I have not. 
See, as a black man in America today, it's good to have you in studio because you can be the judge okay. along with the two honkies that are here. <laughs> Which I probably can't say the word honky anymore because everything is offensive. Oh, though. yeah, that list. Have you seen the Stanford list, Andy? Mm-hmm. Can't call yourself an American anymore. I can't call myself an American nope, anymore? none of us can. Oh, why is because that? Because it insults Latin Americans and South Americans. They can call themselves Americans. It's Apparently a, it implies that the U.S. is the most important country in America. Which, I mean, I, you could argue it is, but yeah, you could you're, not, you're not supposed is. to acknowledge that. Who cares? But, and also, I would argue that, like, in, like, it's where the United States of America, like, it's in the name. Yeah, there are no other countries with America right. in the name. It's not yes. like, no, so, that's right. there's no, like, Argentina, like, yeah. they can, they're more than welcome to the call Argentine themselves The Argentine states of America, yeah, they're yeah. not a thing. No. Okay, so here you go. America can't say grandfather anymore. Why not? And they canceled grandfather because... Things were grandfathered in, which didn't allow black people to vote 150 years ago. Okay. But here's the problem. Grandfathered is not the same word as grandfather. No. Right. It doesn't even mean the same thing. Right. Well, it's like saying there used to be laws against being ugly, so we can't have laws anymore because yeah. the law was used badly that one time. <laughs> exactly. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> can't call yourself brave anymore. Because you're stealing from the Native Americans. But they didn't speak English, so how could you steal brave from Native Americans when they didn't even know what the yeah, word what brave meant? What is the meant? etymology of the word brave? It's brave just... comes from Latin. Latin. There you go. Uh, yeah, which went into Spanish and Italian, bravo, yeah, which bravo. became brave. So it has so nothing the... to do with Indians. What about then, like, the Bravo Network? Can you not well, see? Uh, you yeah. cancel them, see, too? That's well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, you can't say master. That one's been around forever. Yeah, master bedroom left a long time ago. Well, what about people that have their master's degree? Yeah, master's degree. You are allowed to say master's degree for no reason. Because they have all got them at Stanford? Is that why? (laughs) That's exactly Because master's degrees make them a lot of money. Okay, now we have three age groups in here. There's me, there's Andy, and then there's Tevin. You're a millennial, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. You're what, about 10 years younger than Andy? No way. How old are you? Uh, 36. No, I'm like six years younger than Andy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're 30 now? Yeah. Oh, no, my I'm God. Old. I'm old. Mm-hmm. My baby boy is Don't growing. Don't start hurting. Just telling you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I just called you a baby boy. Yeah. Oops, I can't do that. Uh, my baby man. Baby man. <laughs> baby baby man. man. Sounds great. Uh, words University, Stanford University includes in its index of harmful language because they are ableist, sexist, or racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanford University is publishing a list of all these things to educate people. They aim to educate people. I am getting the feeling, and you both can, because, you know, you're 35 younger than me. They're on 40 years younger than me. But um, when I look at Harvard, I look at Stanford, I look at these, these people are getting dumber by the minute. What happened to our great institutions? Stanford yeah. has been doing this for ages. Yeah, so was Harvard, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's all just words. Like, I remember when I was in high school, we had the, we had a foreign exchange student from Russia that came and uh, attended our school. And, like, I think we were in freshman. must have been, like, freshman high school. Anyway, um, we were all in gym class, and she would swear at us in Russian. Like, she was a super cool Russian girl. Like, she was awesome. But she would, like, curse at us in Russian, and we are like, we don't know what her like what she's saying and right. so we i think the word was tree or no we oh sorry it was kusk we made up a word kusk. and told her it was yeah we told her it was a swear word and so we would like instead of swearing we would use this kusk word 
And she got, she was like, she like got super upset because she thought we were swearing. So it was like, it's all just words. Like you, yeah. it's there's words. No, it's hundred percent about intent. Ban, right. If you ban all these words, people will just find new words to say. Yep. Yes, it's called the euphemism people. treadmill. Yeah, That's the exact, yeah, right. You're both absolutely right on the money. It's just going to continue anyway. I mean, we're going to get to the point where cool and the gang can't say get up with the get down anymore. Right. Like, Come on. Right. I love it when the guy went, get up, but to get down. <laughs> I love that. Cool in the gang. There's a reference. I haven't heard of them in forever. It's been a long time. No. There's no question about it. It might have been it. disbanded a little bit ago. Uh, one of them just died not that long ago, unfortunately. Oh, yeah? in Was the, it cool? Well, did oh. you see Franco Harris died? He died, yeah. yeah. 72 years old. I loved Franco Harris. Did you ever talk to him, interview him? I talked to him a couple of times, but I never met him oh, in okay. person. But no, could not ask for a nicer guy. Yeah. Just a very, very nice man. The Immaculate Reception was one of the most amazing plays in the history of the NFL. Well, I think it was voted the best play in NFL history. And then I think it's either today or this weekend. Pittsburgh was supposed to like do some big Saturday. ceremony yeah, for him. So. Yep. Uh, he said, well, he's obviously still alive. Uh, he said that he does not remember any of that catch. He doesn't remember catching That's the crazy. ball. He doesn't. Remember, all he remembers is he ran. Yeah, that's CTE for you. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's that's actually probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. You know, I'm looking at the president of Stanford University right now. Mm-hmm. I can tell by the look on his face, I'd hate his guts. Mm. He just looks very arrogant to me. And that's uh, what happened to our school system. What is with the arrogance from? Kindergarten all the way through college. There's, all, there's this new arrogance in our education system. It's been like that for probably 20 years. Really? It's been At that least. bad for that long? Yeah. That's sad. Yes, it is. I mean, I just don't understand any of it. I, why do you want to be that way? Does it make any sense to you? No, and it's definitely elevated once you get to, like, the university level where people mm-hmm. are now constantly posturing because, well, oh, my yeah. school has this many presidents or we do this, this, that, and the other thing, and so it's all... Yeah, the whole university kind of is just gross. God, Paul, M- Paul Mercurio told me a story yesterday because Paul and I are really, really good friends. I'm talking to him yesterday. He did an appearance in Des Moines, Iowa. He did like three, four shows in Des Moines, yep. Iowa. And he said there were four black men in the audience, and all four of them were with white women. So he railed on them and said, why do you turn on your own people like that? There are all these black women out there that really deserve to be with a man like you. Why do you do this to them? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. In their defense, there's probably not a lot of black females in Iowa. Probably not. Uh, You might be right about that. But, uh, no, I I don't know. Look, there are certain words you don't want to be. Like that coach, I can't remember where he was again, where he, they didn't say what he used, but I'm assuming it was the big N, to teach his students, do not text words like this. He took those words and said, don't text words like this. It's a very, very bad thing to do. And because he said the word, they fired him. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah. What See, do you mean, I was, yeah? I mean, no, I mean, not like I wouldn't have fired him, but it's like. It's a university. How do you, what do you tell, expect? Right. But like, also, like, how can you tell them what not to say? Without somehow oh, saying it, spelling it out. If I was one of those students, I would absolutely, every time they said the N-word, I'd be like, what do you mean? What, what N word? <laughs> yeah, the N word. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're near? Have... You're talking about near? Are you yeah. near me? <laughs> you're gonna have to be specific because uh, I never heard it before. I just I, can't. We all just get along for Christ's sake. That's all I'm saying, right? Yeah, and I don't think I've heard any of like all the words you said on Stanford's naughty list. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I've ever heard 
or not, I shouldn't say ever, but I haven't heard, at least recently, anybody use that in a derogatory sense. What, the big N? Or no, like I'm saying, like grandfathered oh, in grandfather. or no. anything like that. Like all these words you're not allowed to say anymore. Like I don't yeah. think it's like nobody's running around town terrorizing people saying those words. And I'll tell you one thing I brought this up on the morning show, but they said the word cripple, and I went, eh, maybe you should get it. And then I thought, no, wait a minute. Because in my neighborhood, and it was always young black men, you say, man, look at that cripple. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not talking about a person. Like, like Bloods and Crips? Yeah, yeah. Like like a nice car go by and oh, they go, okay. man, look at that cripple. Oh, I've, never heard that. I've never heard that either. Oh, yeah, well, not, not today. That was, um, you're talking about 55 years ago. Hmm. But cripple was a good thing. Oh, okay. Look at that cripple, man. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, it's, right. I like that. Because it was just a <laughs> right. weird sounding word, so that's why they used it. Yeah. But look, I, I look, this whole idea. I also don't understand, well, this group of people are all really stupid and really bad. Well, now they're not. Now the other, this other group now is really horrible and really bad. It's like, can we get away from gathering all people just because of skin color in one group, and you're either great or you're horrible? People need right. an enemy. Why, yeah, but why an entire race of people like blacks in the 18, 17, well, easy. actually for 400 years? I mean, if you saw <clears throat> some random white person, you would never know what country their ancestors come from. Right. So you can't say like, oh, well, you know, I hate all Yugoslavians. <laughs> because you'd have to go well. around asking people, are you Yugoslavian? I need to know if I hate you or not. Kind of leans right. that way, though. But yeah. if you hate a race, it's easy to tell. You just look yep. at them and you can pretty much tell what they are. Yeah, and when you're trying to get like a bunch of people on your side like hey i need everybody to hate this group of people because it helps yeah. me do xyz right, it's easier right. to say yep. yes, everybody is. that looks like this rather than you have to get to know mm -hmm. each individual person and figure out how they actually feel on the inside to figure out if you're going to hate them or not and, and then yeah. that just takes too much time and the problem there is it's just too easy right and it's just oh god i make a and you make a lot of money by hating the hatred makes a lot of money right now right which I don't really understand. I mean, I literally cannot watch either CNN or Fox for more than about three minutes because it's always they hate this person and then the other side. No, 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 I hate your guy. It's all about how horrible somebody is. Calm down. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeart. Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Join hedge fund manager Larry Bernstein for his podcast, What Happens Next in Six Minutes. The format gives the guest speaker just six minutes to present his argument, followed by a provocative question and answer period for deeper engagement. Check out the What Happens Next in Six Minutes podcast with Matthew Continetti on a history of the American right and why there has never been a consensus among conservatives. Aaron Friedberg and how we screwed things up with China. Casey Mulligan on what is driving up inflation. Tom Sankton on the challenges in obtaining a ransom for a business executive after a kidnapping. What happens next in six minutes is fast-paced, intense, and thought-provoking. Bring your A-game because what happens next will challenge you. New episodes are posted every weekend. What happens next in six minutes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and give the show a listen.
Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. (laughs) (laughs) We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, you're not that good at it. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Well, if you want to calm down, you should listen to the new cover of Snow by, by Debbie, Debbie Boone. Boone. Now, here's somebody who makes total... You know, I've never heard Debbie Boone say, I hate anyone. Mm. You ever t- you, do you hate anyone, Debbie? Uh, not offhand. I didn't think so. You just <laughs> seem too You seem too pleasant to hate anybody. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a human. I'm a human. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, Debbie? That's exactly the point. We are all humans. Can we all just get? Can't we all just get along? As Rodney King once said, "The new cover of Snow." Yes, that song they sang on the train at White Christmas. Debbie, how have you been? I have been so great. I just got off the road with John Driscoll Hopkins, where we got to perform that song and others together for a few benefits and on a Grand Ole Opry. Oh, you were on the Grand Ole. Oh, man, I just love that. You know, I was in Nashville about a year and a half ago. Well, not even a year and a half ago, about a year ago. And there was nobody at the Grand Ole Opry, which, uh, what are you going to do? It was a little upsetting because I would have liked to see the Grand Ole Opry, but they were down for the weekend or something. I don't know what that was all about. But that's got to be a thrill, huh? That's fair. Timing is everything. (laughs) Yeah. No, I understand that completely. It was a thrill. It was a thrill for so many reasons, but... um, one of them being that my grandfather, my mother's father, was Red Foley, who was a host of the Grand Ole Opry for many sure. years. So to stand there on the stage where he stood and my mother-in-law, Rosemary, and my dad, um, you know, there's a legacy there. And it, it was great to be a part of it. Is that kind of weird coming from three generations of fame? Or maybe it's more than that, but I know of three. It, I suppose to you it doesn't feel any different, but to some people I was like... Everybody knows my grandparents. Everybody knows my mother and father. Everybody knows me. Is that, does that feel weird, or is it just kind of natural for you? Well, you know, I'm used to it because, uh, you know, for so many years, um, you know, I tell people these things. But it's still a surprise. You know, when I'm doing my concerts and I mention Red Foley, there's a gasp in the crowd from yeah. people of a certain age that remember him and don't know that I'm related. And I love that. I love uh, kind of connecting the dots for people. Um, but I realize how special it is to come from a line of 
of performers who have meant a lot to the music business. Um, and and it continues, you know, in entertainment. I mean, you know, obviously there's Cousin George, you know, uh, George Clooney. Right. And my daughter, my youngest daughter, is an actress continuing to uh, have a successful acting career. So, the, the you know, the line of entertainers continues. Yeah, we just had her on, your daughter, we had her on, what was that, about a month ago, Andy, a month and a half, something like that? Uh, Somewhere, it doesn't matter, it, it, was, it was a while back. Yeah, she was just on the show a short time ago. What do you know? Family affair. It's a family <laughs> affair. And I do, next time you talk to your father, tell him I do love his commercials for uh, for the supplement that he takes, because he's like... I'm working out, I play a lot of tennis, I play a lot of golf, I got another movie coming out. I just love that commercial. It's you, you true. Know, it's just true, yeah, yeah exactly. So he's working really hard? Yeah, yeah. He stays so busy. He just recorded some new things in Nashville and put out a Christmas video. I mean, the guy is just nonstop. It's kind of great to watch and inspiring to see how... He just embraces every bit of life. Yeah, he does, and that's—I think that's wonderful. But so you've been good. I, it's, it's been a, a couple of years since I, I last talked. I, um, as a matter of fact, I, I talked to you on a morning show that I do now. I have one more show left to do on Friday, and then I'm done after thir- nearly 37 years on the same morning show. And uh, wow, yeah, I've interviewed you on that show uh, several times as well. But uh, it feels kind of weird. It's always a nice thing. For me, when I looked at the docket today and saw your name on it, because it's like, oh, you know, because I'm going to continue in digital. Um, I'm going to continue doing this show, and I'll probably do an, another show uh, uh, with the whole deal. I mean, radio is radio, but digital is the his, uh, is the future of, of the business, I think. I don't think it's analog has got its problems. It's like broadcast television. Does anybody watch broadcast TV anymore? Probably not. <laughs> Fewer and fewer people, that's for sure. Uh, I, I, I'm a slow learner, though. It's you know, I, I'm, I'm not one of those technical keep up with the times. I'm always lost and trying to get somebody to help me figure it out. <laughs> No, I understand that completely. I was talking to Adam LaRoche this morning. He's a very famous uh, former baseball player, Major League Baseball player, who has decided that he uh, needs to give back because he had such a wonderful career and and made a lot of money and all the rest of it. And I talked to him this morning on that show, and that's why I brought the show up. Uh, And I talked to Adam for quite some time about the whole situation. But you're right along the same lines. Debbie's work uh, mostly consisted of producing contemporary Christian music albums and trying to help people out. Debbie, you've always been of the mind that that you're in a position because of your family history and because of your talent. You've been helping people out your whole life, have you not? Well, I hope so in in one way or another. I think, uh, you know, that the older I get, the more I realize that Uh, a happy and fulfilling life is one of service to other people where you're not the focus any longer, but kind of asking each day what you can do for somebody else. And, uh, you know, not every day is successful in that way for me, but more and more. And I realize that's what keeps me truly uh, joyful and satisfied. And the reason I even bring that up, we were talking about before the show started just now, uh, we're talking about the fact that, that, I cannot watch the national news for more than about three minutes because 
one side hates the other side, and then you go to the other side, and they hate the other side, and everybody hates everybody. Wouldn't it be nice if we get back to, hey, why don't we help one another out? Why don't we give everybody a boost? Why don't we give everybody a list? Uh, is there just too much yeah. money to be made by, by – what's that? What was I said it? from your mouth. <laughs> Debbie, can we ever get there? I hope we. I hope I can watch the news again someday because I cannot watch the national news right now. It's just too hateful for me. I can't watch it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And you know, we only can influence what is within our power. You yeah. know, but at least we can do what is ours to do. And if everybody feels that way, we can get it done. You know, but if you just kind of think, well, it's too much for me, so why bother? Then we, we won't get there. I agree with that completely. I do want to hear all about your new cover of Snow, and it says yes to that song they sang on the train in White Christmas. Uh, how long have you been working on this project? Well, we did it in May. I got a phone call from John Driscoll Hopkins from the Zach Brown Band, and I was completely just stunned that he was reaching out to me to do a duet on his new Christmas album. I wondered how in the world he even knew who I was. I knew the Zach Brown band, but, you know, uh, I found out that, that he, as a six-year-old boy, learned You Light Up My Life. It was the first song he ever learned <laughs> and for his family, and he was doing this Christmas album with the Yacht Rock Review, and it had a whole 70s vibe, and he just thought, what better uh, person than the best new artist of 78 to sing this duet with me, and uh, we just hit it off. I just think he is one of the kindest, dearest, most talented guys, and uh, he flew me to Atlanta, and we recorded the song in the morning and shot a video with the Yacht Rock Review that afternoon, and now we've been performing it live, and it's just, he reinvented the song, and it has such a fun, cool vibe that just gets under your skin and pe people are just saying everywhere to me it just makes me happy i can't i can't get enough of it you see that's what I, exactly what i'm talking now are are you are you saying you're going to be on tour or you've been on tour well we what we did is we did a couple of benefit concerts one in oh, atlanta okay. with an orchestra um, and the yacht rock review and then we did one at the mule house a very cool venue in columbia tennessee and we also did the grand Ole opry together um, and all of this was really to benefit um, his foundation called hop on a cure which is uh, a, an organization to raise money for uh, ALS. Hop has been diagnosed uh, a year ago with ALS, and it's, he's on a mission now to uh, to really change the the game here with ALS. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? And that's, again, bringing Adam's name back up, this, uh, talking to him this morning, that's exactly what he's all about. Hey, they're discovering all kinds of new things now, and they can discover a lot more. We can't give up on this. We've got to keep working together and move toward cures for everything that can possibly be cured. We don't even know yet about some things that can be cured. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I remember looking back now, I suppose it's 35 years ago, when the AIDS epidemic started, and thinking, my God, are they ever going to be able to cure this? Well... They certainly did temper yeah. it, and it leans heavily toward a cure. So I don't think 35 years ago anybody would have ever seen that coming, yet it did happen. Right. It did. It did. Um, and and um, I just take my hat off to uh, Hop's courage in dealing with this and raising 
Um, he's raised a lot of money in the first year, and even um, they've, they've made their first grant to somebody, and they're, they're going to change this game. They're going to really bring about change um, for not only ALS, but a lot of these neurological diseases that people don't understand. Uh, it takes money to figure it out, but once they crack that code, man, it can, it can change. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have a dear friend, Kent Herbeck, was a uh, member of the Minnesota Twins when they won the World Series in 1987-1991, and unfortunately Kent lost his father to ALS uh, several years ago, and he worked very, very hard to raise money and to help with that cause. Uh, if, you, if you ever come to town, he's one guy. Although standing next to him makes you feel like an infant, though, Debbie, because he's about 6'5", probably weighs about 280. He's a giant <laughs> of a man. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hop's not a tiny guy either. <laughs> no, I know that's true. But I, I see, Debbie, I just love the fact that, look, let's be honest. If you were just some hunyuck, you got uh, your, your grandparents and you got your parents and you got your great career. and You got the, you could just be sitting at home watching television going, ah, don't worry, I got everything I need, whatever. But you're still out there. You're still producing songs that make people happy. You're helping people out. You're getting them back to health. That's very honorable, Debbie. Did, did you, has your family always been like that? Yeah, I come from really good stock yeah. way back. And, um, yeah, we were always raised. In fact, um, for most of my uh, young life, it was my mother's idea that on our birthdays we gave presents to our family members. Uh, so we looked forward every year to our birthdays so that we could pick out and give presents <laughs> to our sisters and, and everybody. And it was just a way of turning things on, on its head that, that you know, it really brings you joy to give to people, uh, and we got that very early on. And that's a great message for everybody listening right now. It, it is a great feeling to help people. It, it, and I, I tell you, my wife and I spend a lot of time, don't talk about it much, but we spend a lot of time helping people out that we possibly can. We've helped many, many people out. The one thing you got to be careful of, though, I, and I will warn people, if you've decided you want to start helping people, watch your back because there are plenty of people hanging around those edges that would love to take your money and you'd never see them again. Isn't that unfortunate those people are hanging around other people that want to help people? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, a story as old as time, um, but it doesn't it doesn't stop me from no. um, you know even 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 when I've been ripped off, I can say you know I gave with a good conscience and God bless a person desperate enough to do something like that, and uh, you just continue on and know I believe that uh, if my intentions are good, that God takes care of me and I don't have to be defensive about that stuff. Careful, but. You know, but it doesn't stop. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got to be careful. There's no doubt about that. Um, Debbie, and this might not be a subject you want to talk about or whatever, but I grew up a nice Roman Catholic boy. Um, you know, I believe there is a greater good. There's no question. There's something a lot bigger than me. There's no question about that, whatever they want to call it. Do you do you run into some problems once in a while? You know, being overtly Christian now is not all that popular in the United States, which I don't understand why they've singled out a, a one single faith. All the other ones are okay, but not that. I, I I don't understand that. How do you feel about all that? You know, uh, I think there's been some really bad behavior in the name of Christianity sure. that um, yep. I find kind of appalling. Um, so I, I understand that. And again, 
what I can be responsible for is to live the life that I think I'm called to live. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I understand, but if I can live a life that people want what I have, you know, then, then I'm attracting people to the way I'm living and, and not just what I'm saying. And that's the important thing is, is not to say one thing and do another. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that Debbie Boone would use her faith to judge other people. I just don't see you doing that kind of thing. Well, like I said, I'm human, and I can be critical and judgmental. Um, but what I find is that I, when I'm, uh, when I indulge those things, it turns in on me, uh, and I can be as critical and judgmental of myself to my own detriment. So. Um, I try to be as forgiving and understanding and compassionate to others, mm-hmm. and then I find I, it's easier for me to do that for myself. See, that's a wonderful thing. What do you got planned for for the Christmas? Uh, yeah, not the very particular things, but anything in general you have planned for the Christmas holiday? Well, uh, yes, I just got back in town, so I've got a little more Christmas shopping to do. But uh, on Christmas Eve, we have a beautiful service where my husband is... Uh, the he's called a vicar in the Episcopal Church. He's right. an Episcopal priest. Right. I don't know if you know that. Um, so we'll have a beautiful service at church. I will be singing. And uh, then on Christmas Day, we'll have the whole family and extended family here at our house, my dad included. Lots of fun and laughter and my grandkids and food and all the things that uh, a Christmas Day celebration entails. And I couldn't be happier about it. I'd certainly understand that. How can people hear snow? It's streaming everywhere. You can go to all the streaming services. It's out there like uh, most people's records. So wherever you stream and download music, you can just uh, do a little search for snow, John Driscoll Hopkins, and Debbie Boone, and it's easy to find. See in a couple. If, with your permission, in a couple of minutes when, when we end the interview, mm-hmm. we'll, uh, I'd like to play the song. Is that okay with you? Play it on the show. I would, I would love it. Andy, would you find it for me, please? It was, I can try. I know you can. Well, you can find. She said it's every. It's, it, you can find it everywhere. You said Debbie, right? Oh, we got a YouTube link apparently. Yes. Oh, we have a YouTube link. Okay, excellent. Yes. Well, we'll we'll do that. Okay. So, Debbie, like Great. I said, I saw your name on the docket. Now, I should tell you, Debbie, how important this interview was to us because it is snowing like mad here. It's two yeah. below zero. The traffic is horrible. So you got some fans sitting in the studio talking to you, sister. I'll tell you that. Oh, my gosh. I won't tell you what the, the uh, high for today will be in Los Angeles. Uh, it must be a, a rough Little life. Above, negative yeah. two. And, and Debbie, <laughs> I assume this isn't your first, obviously it's not your first Christmas song that you've written, but I've always thought, wondered this from artists that make popular Christmas music. Do you ever get to the Christmas season and you're like, I have to sing this song again. Christmas like I always think of Mariah Carey. Like she's got to yeah. be tired of singing her "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Do you ever get to a point? I'm sure it's a good point to reach. I'll tell you what. For for several years, I did the Christmas season in Branson. We oh, yeah. start the day mm-hmm. Halloween. The day after Halloween, we were doing Christmas shows two <laughs> two a day. Um, I'm telling you, when I got home and it was still time to have Christmas, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Oh, my God. You know, that was my mother's dream. She's no longer with us, but she, she always wanted to make it to Branson, and she finally did. And my mother, Toots, her name was Theophila, which means the love of God, of course, so that's kind of a tough moniker. But uh, Theophila, they just wow. called, they called my mother Toots, and she just they, she thought Branson was heaven. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, I suppose not. I suppose that's probably true. I've had a lot of good times in Branson. I have decided that next November 1st, I'm going to call you and say, Merry Christmas, Debbie. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, it's a deal. <laughs> well, all right, my dear. Well, thank you so much for your, all your time this morning. It's always great to see your name on the docket. We're looking forward to listening to the snow as soon as we disconnect. But uh, keep working and keep giving. And thank you for your generosity and your kind heart and your love of people. It's very special. Thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Debbie. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Here's her song. Alrighty. It's a cover of Snow. Yes, that song they sang on the train in White Christmas. You well, got the video it. I have is three minutes long, so I don't know if it's a very long cover or it's, there's other stuff in it. So I guess we'll see. No, three minutes not that Let's long. Let's see. Well, the song in the original movie was not very long. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's not a terribly long song. Let's see here. We're going to give it a whirl. Snow by Debbie Boone. Do what we can. Original. Oh, those glistening houses that seem to be built. Up. 
I knew they were going to go cha-cha-cha at the end. You knew it. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Join hedge fund manager Larry Bernstein for his podcast, What Happens Next in Six Minutes. The format gives the guest speaker just six minutes to present his argument, followed by a provocative question and answer period for deeper engagement. Check out the What Happens Next in Six Minutes podcast with Matthew Continetti on a history of the American right and why there has never been a consensus among conservatives. Aaron Friedberg and how we screwed things up with China. Casey Mulligan on what is driving up inflation. Tom Sankton on the challenges in obtaining a ransom for a business executive after a kidnapping. What happens next in six minutes is fast-paced, intense, and thought-provoking. Bring your A-game because what happens next will challenge you. New episodes are posted every weekend. What happens next in six minutes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and give the show a listen. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rob. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Okay, I'm going to show you her picture. Well, I've seen and, your picture. I'm uploading the episode. Uh, she's 66 years old. She doesn't mm -hmm. look 66. Does that woman look 66 no, not, to you? Not at all. <laughs> she's stunningly beautiful. Uh, she's a very, very pretty woman. And she's always been, like I said, we've had her on the morning show before. It's been a while, but 
uh, just a very pleasant person. Now, is, do you think that's kind of weird? She's so pleasant because her grandparents were famous, her parents were famous, she's famous. Yeah, well, she's got a <clears throat> song that was on like the Hot One Billboard Hot 100, like yeah. number one charts back in the day. Like you would think somebody that's like got that much success would have a, yeah. at least a little bit of an ego. That pretty, that talented, right. that famous, doesn't matter. She's nope. a very, very nice person. Now, why don't we use that as an example of this is how you should act, kids, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's wonderful. What a, she's always been a very, very pleasant person to deal with. And So what do you got planned for the holidays, Buster? Uh, going to see my girlfriend's family. You don't have a see, girlfriend. Yeah, we live together now. What? Yeah, yep. How come so, I've never met her? Oh, because I know better. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you don't want to chase her off? Is uh, yeah, that what you're no, saying? I'll, I'll, I'll bring her around one of these days. Um, but, yeah, going to, yeah, so she, her family's from Rochester, so we're going down there, then swim up to my mom's, and then Christmas Day, though, I'm like, yeah, I stay at home. I don't go anywhere. You don't go anywhere? No. That was, like, growing up, that was, like, my mom was always, like, we'll go to all the relatives around the holidays. Oh, but she yeah, was, like, yeah. Christmas Day, like, I want to wake up in my own bed, and then that's, like, how I am. No, I understand that. So how's your mom doing? Uh, she's good. She's good. She's out. She just finished remodeling her kitchen. Like she, growing up, she always like loved to cook, like up early, making breakfast, oh, all yeah, that. Yeah. And so she like re- just renovated her kitchen. And so now that's all she does is stand in her beautiful new kitchen. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be. Oh, what time you are you? What time are you firing up the the oven? Yeah, I'll be right over. Your mom can cook a little bit. Wow, oh, she's amazing. Really? Yeah, she used to own. Growing up, she had her own restaurant that she owned and operated for a little while. Over so, in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, scratch food. Is that Oshkosh? Osceola. Osceola. There yeah. you go. There you go. I knew it was in Osceola, Wisconsin. What was the name of the restaurant? Uh, it was Mom's Amish Kitchen. So she's Amish, or her half her family is Amish. And huh. so she, uh, right, yeah. So you brought that up before. Yeah. So that means you're like a quarter Amish. I think technically, yeah. Technically, probably the only black. I mean, Amish, Amish is guy. a cultural thing, right? It's not ethnic. I think they're all Dutch. They're Pennsylvania Dutch, yeah. which yeah. tend to be Amish. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, they like they all live in Indiana, in Michigan area. And yeah. So, yeah. They, yeah. I think yeah, they all are Dutch. I don't know. I think it's like a religion. I don't know. To be honest, with you, I don't ask a lot of questions. They just make good food. And... Well, the Dutch, for some reason, how many Dutch people are in the world? A few million. <clears throat> it can't uh, be can't that be many. Too many. I would say what twenty-five million, maybe tops. Let's see here. Number of Dutch people in the world. Uh, well, there's 15 million in the Netherlands alone. So 15 million? So about 30, 34 million in the world. Yeah, so there you go. I said yeah. 25. Decent 34. amount. So 34 million. But they have like 50 different branches of religion. Yes, they do. They got the Scrubby Dutch. They got the, the Amish. <laughs> scrubby. Oh, Scrubby Dutch. That's, that's, that's a big Dutch. deal in Ohio. Really? Scrubby Dutch is huge that's in Ohio. So, that sounds very derogatory. It's like, not, not at all. I think it means clean. Them. Scrubby oh, okay. is clean. They're very yeah. clean people. So, uh, yes, they're all scrubbed up, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> but, dumb, well, dumb. my friend Buddy, Buddy Bangert, was Scrubby Dutch, and he's telling me all about that. And what Sounds are you fun. Do? I'll be Scrubby Dutch. Scrubby Dutch. Yeah. We have Joe on the phone. Snow with Joe. What's happening, man? Not much. Just call up to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This will be the last podcast we do. Uh, this for year? This year, there's no doubt about it, because Doug uh, is with the Israelis uh, over at uh, the... And you know those people don't celebrate Christmas. You know what? They ever, he brought this up in the morning show. I'm glad that you brought that up. Doug Sprinthal brought up this morning that his Israeli counterparts in his business, or their business, have come to America. And the first thing they said was, we've never seen a Christmas tree 
show us a Christmas tree. Mm, no, there you go. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> in Israel awesome. you're not going to see a lot of Christmas yeah. trees. Well, you know what's interesting is in Japan they celebrate Christmas. Yeah, they do. Yeah, as but a it's national holiday. Different from ours. For one, KFC is the national dish of Christmas. <laughs> in Japan? Yeah. That's they amazing. Are, you have to call in weeks in advance to get oh, your bucket for Christmas. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Japan very for Christmas weird. next year. Isn't that wonderful? It is a very weird country. Well, and like Christmas, like whether you're like are religious, like it's not even no, it's not even a religious holiday it's anymore. Religious, it's just, I don't think. do you like to eat food and hang out with your family mm-hmm. and have a good time? Like, yeah, exactly. For you, honest to God, your mother and I decided to go to a Christmas uh, celebration at the Basilica about five years ago. Three hours long, baby. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, the Christmas mass. The Christmas mass. I'm glad I'm Baptist. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Baptists don't do that three hour, uh, three hour service. No, we're not mental. We're not no. mental. So, are you Baptist, Southern Baptist? What kind of Baptist are you? Saint Paul. Saint Paul Baptist. Okay. Saint Paul. So Northern what do you got? Baptist? Yeah, you're Northern Baptist. Then. Um, what do you got planned First for Christmas? Baptist, First Baptist Church in downtown Saint Paul. Yeah. When my grandparents, uh, my grandfather used to play organ there. God, you have all you got feedback, Frank. You yeah. got your grandpa playing the uh, playing the, the organ. Yeah. At, uh, when are you going to do a cover of Snow? Yeah, when are you doing it? Oh, I've had my head day with the drums a long, long time ago. Long, long ago. So, how are you doing? Everything, everything good uh, in your world? Starting to get cold. These people are starting to know what I came from. <laughs> Oh my God! It's, well, it's a, little, it's, a little cold today. It just popped up to zero, it's though. Going to be colder man. tomorrow. Got a heat wave coming through. <laughs> heat wave coming through. That's well, another song from White Christmas, I think. We're having exactly. a heat wave. A tropical heat wave, exactly. The weather's going to suck so much that the uh, governor declared a state of emergency down here. Down really? Oh, it, is it going to really? get down to thirty? No, actually, we're looking at wind chills at twenty below. Really? Wow! In Kentucky? Gee. Yep. Huh. Jeez, well, I sucks. didn't know it got that cold down there. I didn't either. Somebody told me that. I pay attention to news kind of half-assed watching the uh, weather. I knew it was going to get down to very low, of 5 degrees. Hmm. But then somebody was telling me, well, they say it's going to get down to 20 below. I'm like, bullshit. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kentucky infrastructure can't even be built for those temperatures, can I it? I think so. So I sat and watched the news, and sure enough, we're looking at wind chills of 20 below. I'm like, going, oh, boy. Jesus. That's These amazing. guys are going to panic. Well, remember three <laughs> inches of snow took out the entire state of Texas that one year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, our family that lives in Louisiana, and there was a year where they got, like, just enough snow where you could barely see the grass still sticking up through. Oh, and they're yeah. like, this is the winter of the snow. The schools are shut down. Like, <laughs> yeah, the town is shut down. A little dusting. Like, it's ridiculous. What? Six little... feet of snow outside. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you, you heard the other day, but I gave you credit for it. Uh, they're asking some of the stuff that I'm going to miss when I leave the KQ Morning Show on Friday at 9.22. That'll be the last moment I'll be on that show. But who's counting? No, I'm not counting. Believe. <laughs> well, I am counting because there are some people that I hope I never see again. But, you know, <clears throat> um, I gave you credit because you're the first one who ever told me at the old Ford plant in St. Paul, Minnesota, they'd stop working every Friday to sing Aloha Friday with Mike Evans. Mm. Oh, that was Bill, man. That was Bill? Big Bill, yeah. I thought you. I thought you were the first one that brought that up. Uh, I might have. 
I don't know about it. I don't, Bill told me about it. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very cool. They they, they stopped working so they could sing, It's Aloha Friday, no work till Monday. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking a break at the Ford. Maybe that's why they shut the Ford plant down. Too busy doing Aloha Friday. <laughs> no Aloha Friday instead of working. Uh, what the hell? So big plan, you big plans for Christmas or just kind of hanging out? Uh, I'm going to hide. What? I'm going to hide out in the apartment because it's supposed to be cold. Well, well yeah, I, if it's going to be negative 20 yeah. wind chill, I would too. Yeah, I moved down here to get away from that crap. I know. When I asked me if I wanted a transfer, they said, you want to go to Chicago or Louisville? Mm. <laughs> I want to go where it's not in cold. <laughs> Yeah, that, I have, man, I did not know it got that cold in Kentucky. Well, that's got to no be, idea. like, uh, semi-historic anyway. Let's see. I've been down there for, down here for a couple of years. It was a uh, tire place to get my tires changed. And it was the middle of winter, and guys are telling us that in 94, I think it was, the entire city was shut down for two weeks because they got so much snow here. God, that I'm, I did not know that. I had Louisville no actually gets down well below freezing every year. Really? Yeah, but it doesn't last long though. That's the thing. No, it's only it's all, usually only for like a week in January. But yeah, like yeah, uh, last year got down we... to 10, 2020, 15, 2019, three, twenty eighteen zero. So yeah, it, yeah, it dips usually... pretty low. It's usually in January that we hear for significant snowfall. Yep. If it snows before that, it's gone within a day. When it, um, in January, the snow lasts a little bit longer. And well, it's not much. These guys trying to drive in it. The lowest temperature in Louisville history, January 19th, 1994, negative 22. Whoa. So, yeah, it can get cold. God, I did not know that. I, I, no I would idea. have never guessed that Kentucky got that cold. No, me either. In my mind, Kentucky is like, you know, 60 degrees at least all the time. Oh, no, to them, 60 degrees means winter's right around the corner. Yep. Unbelievable. All right, well, enjoy the holiday, Pally. We'll talk to you again. What, the 3rd of January, I think, we'll be back. Yes. And, and we're not going to take all these days off coming up because I'm, I'm not changing jobs or anything that took away a lot of my time. And mm-hmm. So we'll get back at the at the podcast full time, and uh, there'll be some other things happening uh, within a few weeks. And then you guys are going to start pulling in comedians on Friday again? God, I sure hope so because I'd love to get back to that, bringing in comedians. Are comedians good yet? Oh, good oh. question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll say there's a lot of comedians out there that dep- obviously depends on who you get bringing in, but yeah, there's a lot that are quality that I would say you could have on the show. Some of them are not good. If they're like YouTube stars, yeah, that's the then, thing. Yeah, is there's you, so yeah. much of that, and I mean, we can't just like it'd be rude to say no. We don't want this one. No, so we'd have to re- we'd have to bring them in every week. No, you don't no. think so? If you were like, if you told get that whether crap it's out of whatever my... club it is, like. No, we don't want to just bring every single comedian. That I you think have that's on. not a bad idea. Yeah, because you got to filter it because they. Oh, clubs, you do. Because clubs will do. they'll like bring people in that the only reason they bring them in is because they have a million followers on yep. Instagram and that doesn't necessarily mean you're. Got to get yeah, got to get those retweets and all that. Yep. You know, it's really weird. We haven't booked anybody from your old spot in months. I don't know why that is. Why did mm. we stop booking people from that club? I don't know. Because they still got. Comedians. Yeah, they, yeah, I don't think we booked a comedian some... in two years. 
on here? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, that, why haven't we? That's because weird. Because they were horrible. All they wanted to do was talk about Donald Trump all day. No, that is true. It got very political there. You're yes, right it about certainly that. Yeah, did. you're right. That's and true. I don't know if the politics have gone away, really. But, I mean, the morning oh, show yeah. hasn't booked anybody anybody from the, the club in a couple of years. I don't Maybe know why they didn't want to do be. it. <clears throat> no, I think they did want to do it. I think somebody at the station decided they didn't want to do uh, it. Didn't ask me, of course. Why would you do that? But, <laughs> all right, Joe, we'll have a great Christmas. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, Pally. Thanks, you too. Catch Thanks you later. Joe from Louisville, where it's below zero? Uh, yeah. I had no idea. Well, I mean, no. if you think about it, every winter, West Palm Beach gets down to probably high 50s. Yeah, it gets all the way down to the high 50s. Well, but that's right next to the ocean, and it's a lot farther south than Kentucky. So, yes, I mean, it, it makes sense that, I mean, I would have thought they'd get to, like, 20 not zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you, but 20 degrees. But I guess they are pretty far from the ocean, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, right in the middle of the country, big. The farther, well, not the middle, but yeah, east, eastern middle. The farther you get from the ocean, the more extreme your weather is, generally speaking. Well, that's why Minnesota is the furthest of any state in the union from the ocean. Uh, yeah, the um, farthest spot in the country is somewhere in South Dakota. South Dakota, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're pretty much as far as it gets, and we, I think Minnesota must have the biggest temperature swings. Is that the Grand oh, Meridian? Is that what they call that? That's the uh, Pole of Inaccessibility. Pole of inaccessibility. It's a very, very obscure term that probably me and another 100 people on earth know. Can I call a Polish guy that who can't speak English? <laughs> pole the pole of inaccessibility. <laughs> right well, I mean, they're pretty standoffish people. Yeah, yeah, if, exactly. if he's busy and, and he's in a meeting. He's, <laughs> he can't talk to you right now. He's in a meeting. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Join hedge fund manager Larry Bernstein for his podcast, What Happens Next in Six Minutes. The format gives the guest speaker just six minutes to present his argument, followed by a provocative question and answer period for deeper engagement. Check out the What Happens Next in Six Minutes podcast with Matthew Continetti on a history of the American right and why there has never been a consensus among conservatives. Aaron Friedberg and how we screwed things up with China. Casey Mulligan on what is driving up inflation. Tom Sankton on the challenges in obtaining a ransom for a business executive after a kidnapping. What happens next in six minutes is fast-paced, intense, and thought-provoking. Bring your A-game because what happens next will challenge you. New episodes are posted every weekend. What happens next in six minutes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and give the show a listen. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant. 
doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Uh, Donald Rude also says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. I cannot tell you. Thank you, everybody. I've got so many text messages, a lot from women, too, that love the show because we talk about family and we have friends. You know, Tevin came in to spend time with us today, family friend. And they love that stuff that, that we are very clear that, that we love our family and our friends. And they're Even if you know, only half of us show up. Well, you know, it's <laughs> snowing, so they, you know, mm-hmm. some people just can't make it in. But all right, we got about five minutes left. Anything special, Tevin? Nah, not really. No, I've been just hanging out, DJing weddings and stuff now. So that's probably going to be a, doing what I'm full time next. I tried to juggle a day job and like doing all these events and weddings, and it just got too much. So next year will probably be just yeah straight weddings. Cause... You gonna walk away from walls or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Really? Yeah. God, they love you over there, you know. No, I know it's a, it's a great place to work. It just financially makes more sense to you got to do what you got to do man work dj's gonna make a ton of money yeah especially for ways like during obviously during like winter when there's not as many it sucks but like this last summer was every friday and saturday like i was out somewhere mm-hmm. doing something and like yeah if i can make a living doing that rather yeah, than that's true well the thing about weddings is they're like oh well we're already spending fifteen thousand dollars on flowers might as well mm-hmm. you know throw the dj right. another couple thousand right yeah, what's, true. what's the big deal so it is a good point. All right, any final words? Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. You got it all covered. Happy Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa Tevin. Yeah, that's, yeah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yes. I, I don't think I've ever celebrated Kwanzaa. It's not terribly it's, popular. No. Hanukkah once. I had a Jewish friend when I was in, like, third grade that lived down the street from me, and mm-hmm. he invited me over for Hanukkah, so we had to play, like, the dreidel games and stuff dun, like that. See, 4% of Americans celebrate Kwanzaa. Four percent, which is one less than Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah's five percent. Hanukkah's five percent. I feel like that seems low. Like I feel like there's enough. Well, I mean, isn't the American? Isn't it like two percent Jewish or something? There's not that much. Oh, really? No, there's yeah. not many Jews in America. That is true. What percent? Actually, Jewish blacks and Jews they all lived in my neighborhood. Remember the said in Minnesota? Yeah, America's only two and a half percent Jewish. So oh. Hanukkah's actually it's double represented. Interesting. Well, but I mean, you get the multiple presents What's across the, black the population week. Population of America now, thirteen percent, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Yeah, Growing, we're strong. 
We're strong oh, right now. We're here up. we go. We're up. Stay black, here, America. Stay black. <laughs> stay, that's his Christmas message. Stay black, America. Also, one, yes, exactly. one third of black people celebrate Kwanzaa then. That's, that's actually higher than I that's, thought it would be. That's, that can't be right. That's it's, way too high. I would say it's probably more common for like African cultures to... Oh, but it's not an African thing. It's not an African thing? No. I always thought it was an African thing. What no, is it then? it's an American thing. Oh. Let's see. So in other words, you just made it up. I was just going to roll with it until he said something. <laughs> Let's see. Kwanzaa. There you go. It was created by an activist, an American activist. Kwanzaa Jones. Uh, well, his name was Ronald Everett, and then he changed it to Maulana Ndabezitha Karenga. I hate when people change their names. Is Brother Renga there? I'm calling to see. Yeah, he invented Kwanzaa. In like the seventies. What I does think. Kwanzaa mean? Oh. Uh, I don't. Does the name mean anything? That's a good question, actually. Here we go. Etymology of Kwanzaa. We're gonna learn all about Kwanzaa today. I could tell an H. Rap Brown story while you're looking it up. It comes from Swahili, Matunda ya Kwanzaa, which means first fruits. I don't hmm. know if Kwanzaa means first or fruits. Okay. Well, hard might to say. We might celebrate Kwanzaa next year just to spice things up. Don't listen to you. <laughs> Change it all up. <laughs> You can choose Christmas one year, Hanukkah the next, yeah. Kwanzaa the next. Whatever. I don't know. You could do Saturnalia if you want to go old school. I wonder what his, like, reasoning for creating Kwanzaa was for. Like, you just wake up one day and you're like, I want to create a holiday. I'm going to create a holiday for black people yeah. alone. He said Christianity was a white religion. Uh, no, it's not. Which doesn't really track no, if you look at the world population. But, but, you know. Well, I tell you what, you know, the, the CNN's got these, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, these shows based on the decade. Mm -hmm. And they had one from the 60s, I think it was. Might have been the 70s, but I think it was the 60s. They ran into H. Rap Brown. You remember that name, H. Rap Brown? Uh, he was an activist, a black activist back in the 60s, 70s. Okay. I think he's been in prison for like 30 years now or something. H. Rap Brown? H. Rap Brown, yeah. That's not his real name, though. But I think Jamil Alamin, you mean? Yep, that's the guy mm -hmm. right there. Let's see. Is oh, he still in prison? I wonder. I think he still is in prison. I'm not sure. Well, he was convicted in 2000. Yeah, so... Oh, wait, no, 2002. So 20 years? So, yeah, 20 years. So he is still in prison. He sure is. I thought yeah. so. But h Brown was being interviewed by a CBS reporter. Mm -hmm. So the CBS reporter, has got the headphones on, he's got his microphone, he walks up. Well, the New Year's right around the corner, uh, sir. Uh, do you have anything? And the guy didn't know it was h Brown. He had no idea. What have you got planned for the new year? And H. Rap Brown looks at him, pauses a long time, and goes, Well, we might have to kill all y'all white people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I'm not going to say the name. I'm just going to. Over. So, Tevin, yep. Google H. Rap Brown autobiography. Okay. And tell me if you think this guy might have some mental problems based on the name of the autobiography. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, no. It's got an interesting name. Oh, no. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> die, die, big end, die, with an exclamation point. He's def something's wrong with him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think he might have some uh, some wrong problems. Wrong. Well, what did he do? He's this is the this was like I think he the explosives or something. This is like the '70s version of like Kanye West. Oh yeah, I suppose. Oh, there yeah. was a lot of that. He yeah. What Let's is see? Somebody's got to help Kanye out. They really do. 
He, he just needs to stop talking in front of a microphone and a camera. Get rid of the Nazi symbol, too. That'd be good. Like, he like, shot two deputies in 2000. Oh, there you go. He shot oh, and okay. killed That'll two do it. Yeah, so he's done. <clears throat> That'll get That'll her done. That'll do it. All right. Well... I appreciate you guys having me back. No, I was going to say the name of the, the oh. but I decided to guess. <laughs> that will end your career pretty quick. <laughs> that would, yes. Stanford will call for my release. That would be it, absolutely. So Charlie in Albuquerque says Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas, Charlie. Great so to hear from you. That can be your last show on KQ is just you reading through the list of all the naughty words from Stanford. I could do that. Yeah, yeah just use them just, all in one sentence. Get, just get yourself canceled off of KQ. We were, honest to God, I was just telling the story the other day. In 1970, when I moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota, mm-hmm. I was on the air for a couple of days, and this guy called in. Victor was his name. And he said, let's get together for a little dinner and blah, blah, blah. So I met him over at Sambo's. Mm-hmm. That was an actual place called Sambo's. Uh, with Sam and Bo. And, I, and after they decided that Sambo was not a good word because some people use it in a derogatory manner, they changed the name to Bosa. So Bo and uh, Sam and Bo became mm-hmm. Bo and Sam. Mm-hmm. So they just called it Bosa Donuts. It couldn't be Bosom, I suppose. No, they didn't want to go with Bosom. That's probably not a good idea. But um, I met Victor. We had a little dinner over at uh, Sambo's and hanging out. And I, he said, well, where are you living? I said, I'm, I'm still at the hotel. I haven't found a place to live yet. And he goes, man, you should move in with my sister and me, right? And I tell the story about now that, so that was 52 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, because be, a lot of people think I'm a racist son of a bitch. They do. They just think I'm racist and all horrible and blah, blah, blah. How many 19-year-olds know that moved in with a black man and a black woman who are racist? Right. Yeah, does that make any sense no, at all it, to you? It, it does Sounds not. like a good TV show, though. Right. It, it, it does, sound like, it does like, sound like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. But one great thing. A neo-Nazi and a black panther have to move in together. <laughs> so I'm making soup one day. This is actually a good Christmas story. I'm making soup one day, and I put a spoon in, and I tasted it. Which he didn't like because my spit was on the spoon. I wouldn't right? like that. No, I, I. But hey, I'm right out of North Minneapolis. I don't know any better, right? right? I guess yeah. Poor people. You only got the one spoon. <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, "Don't ever do that again, Big N." And there was this <laughs> long pause. And he goes, "We'll keep that in here." <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I said, "Okay, okay, Victor. It, we'll keep it in right. here." So, like, coming up on your last days at KQ, mm-hmm. do you remember your first day like it was yesterday? Is there any like oh, what was God, your early yes. moments that like? Uh, the first day I was on the air, Dan Culhane was there. Um, uh, Mark Rosen was going to do the sports. I remember that. Fun fact: He's my neighbor now. Marcus? Yeah. He lives downtown, and, yeah, I see him all the time. Oh, I didn't know he moved downtown. Yeah, yeah sad he lost his wife last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Very, he, his last year has been oh, yeah, very been, heartbreaking. Been hell. There's no question about it. And I love Marky Rosen. He's a wonderful mm-hmm. guy. But I don't know what to tell. I can't remember what the hell I was going to say. It's oh, time to your go. First day, your first day. At- oh, my first day at KQ. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get on there, and for some reason, my it's not my mic didn't work, but something didn't work. It's shocking. And there, yeah, something didn't work at KQ. Setting the tone. Hard to believe that was true. And Rosen told me, like two years later, he said, I thought that first day this was going to be the biggest disaster in the history of radio. <laughs> Turns out it lasts 37 years, and for 20, 29 of those years, it was the highest rated morning show in America. Yeah, And then that's the Cumulus bought us, and that changed. Must have been my fault. If, like you and Mark Rosen, two of the most like iconic radio tv personality like the fact that you guys just kind of happened to come up 
yeah. some time. We just uh, we ran him for governor in 1987, 88, I guess it would Rosen did? KQ ran him for governor, yeah. Mark Rosen. Are you allowed to run someone against their will? He had a song written about him. Mark Rosen for governor. Oh, that's awesome. I was hearing like joking because I'll listen to K-Fan, and he's always on there, and they'll joke like, oh, we're going to have you run for governor. I know you actually have Oh, that's why the they say it, because oh, we ran okay. him for governor, yeah. He actually got like thousands of votes, Oh, too. yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, he got thousands of votes. But then Dan Culhane wrote a song for him. He had his own, had his own jingle. Rosen, 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 little Marky Rosen. <laughs> I'm sure he loved Clever. that. I miss Dan Colhane. He was a one. That's a good thing to to close out before Christmas. Dan Colhane, I miss you, you son of a bitch. You died way too young, man. Dan Colhane was a great guy. Just a wonderful guy to work with. And uh, God, who else? Lee Valsvik was on that. It was Mark Rosen, Lee Valsvik, Dan Colhane. They were already there when I got there, and then I came and. The show took off so quickly that that uh, Mark and and uh, well everybody got offered jobs uh, elsewhere. Yeah, it was really weird. They just the show got so big so quickly that they you know CBS went oh wait a minute we should put him on CCO which he didn't stay on CCO long he ended up over on K Fan, but I I just the show just blew up. I guess it was just well first of all this was pretty straight ahead disc jockey world before mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. So, but I, and you have to remember, I'd been living in New York for all those years before I came back here. I mean, we still had a house here, but I was living during the week. I was yeah. living in New York City, so I was hearing some of the greatest radio people in the history of radio in New York City and Chicago. So when I brought brought it back, it's like, well, you know, I'll just act like normal. I'll just right. instead of having a disc jockey voice or hey, I'm the announcer here, you know, that's yeah, that's so I hate when people do that. I know, and people still do it too. Let me tell you, man. Oh, really? Is that how you talk at home? <laughs> Change the channel. Okay. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Tevin, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I didn't know you were going to stab Alzer in the back, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts laughing. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll talk to you on January 3rd.